0: to Talking Talent. I'm Dane Nash, VP of Global Channels at Pager. I'm very excited to kick off the fifth in our series of LinkedIn Live Conversations. It's called Talking Talent. We touch on the hottest topics in recruiting, employee branding, and talent management. Today on the show, we're welcoming Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Lauren and Craig have been hosting the popular talent acquisition podcast, Tarpod, uh, for the past two years, um, speaking with industry experts and adding their own unique style of storytelling, humour, and a hint of self-deprecation. Uh, they've built up quite a following, exceeding 3,000 average weekly downloads. Uh, they're seen as industry experts, presenting at global conferences and to enterprise leadership teams. They also run the only Australian-based awards for the internal talent industry, the ITAs. Uh, today, we're gonna take a step back from our typical um, agenda and we're gonna um, look at celebrating TA teams. We you know it's been a really tough year for everyone. And we want to share some of the stories of innovative, inspiring uh, ways talent teams have been supporting their people. It's very timely because Craig and Lauren have just come off the back of judging and shortlisting the iters. Uh, that's the internal talent awards um, for you following along at home. Uh, we will put the link uh, up on screen and um, make a link in the comments later so that you can easily find the awards. Uh, given we are live, for anyone watching now, if you want to give us a shout-out from where it is you're watching, please feel free to do so, or if you have any questions for Craig or Lauren or myself throughout the show, uh, again, just put them in the comments. If we don't get them during the broadcast, we will uh, respond to those afterwards. Um, so it's really great to have you both on the show, uh, Craig and Lauren. Welcome.
1: Hi, G'day everyone. Jane, how are you? Thank you, Dane.
0: It's, well. it's
2: crazy. This is like the, the quietest, I think, Lauren's been in an intro to a, to a broadcast ever, <laughs> Bugger
1: <laughs> <Boker> off, Craig!
0: <laughs> Excellent. That's what we want. We want a bit of energy. So, um, as insane. I mentioned, at
1: least, he, at least he's turned his phone off. <laughs> yeah, I know.
2: I know I'm really but it's really exciting to to join you. Like, um, you know, usually it's it's us talking to people. So, you know, this yeah. is uh, this is going to be fun.
0: Role reversal for you. Yeah, I know. Mm,
1: very instead much. Of the other
0: way around. So this time I'll ask the questions and you can share all the amazing insights and I get to um, sit back and watch. So with that in mind, let, let's uh, roll into some of the questions that I had prepared. So the first one, um, given that maybe not all of our listeners know about the ITAs, um, could you tell us more about how you judged the iters, what the criteria you were looking for was, and maybe something that sort of stood out in the applications this year for you?
2: Sure. Um, Lauren, you happy if I take this? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, beautiful. So, look, um, Dane. This year, it's the second year of the IRAs, and the first time we're going to a live in-person event. So, we really beefed it up, and um, I think we had just under a hundred applications or nominations. Uh, and at the same time, we had a, a judging panel of eighteen people. That so we had at least four or five judges on each award, and the awards are, um, you know, they're very. Diverse, So we have, you know, best talent team, best talent leader, best talent professional, but also, you know, diversity and inclusion, uh, candidate experience, community awards and all that. So, you know, every single award had uniquely different criteria. Um, But what we were so impressed by was the actual level of, of submission and the quality behind it. So we learnt, Lauren and I and the other judges have learnt so much about what's going on in the background of this industry this year, and really what needs to be celebrated. So we're we're really excited to get to the actual night on in February, present the awards, um, and have some fun and, and really celebrate the best in the in the in the industry.
0: Wonderful, and um, yeah, it must be great to have that insight, and and it'd be really really great for everyone to get that visibility. I know even in my network, I've got. Friends in many different business types that often ask me, "Hey, what are you doing for your staff? How, how do you how do you help people through this?" So yeah, excited to hear about some of the things that you've uh, you've learned. Yeah, um, I think. So any, sorry, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, I think that you know a lot of the initiatives over the last year are around mental health for for their own employees, as well as mm. probably bringing in some tech to advance what they're doing. So. You know, recruitment processes and even the role of talent acquisition and recruitment internally has changed massively over the last two years, and I'm sure, you know, during the broadcast today we'll talk a little bit more about that. But some of that really came out in the um, in the nominations.
1: Yeah, it did. Yeah, it. It's, uh, the way some of the teams uh, changed their focus and moved really quickly to combat what's happening out there in the world.
0: Excellent. Well, with that in mind, maybe let's jump onto our next question. So, given it has been a tough year for hiring and talent um, what are the biggest challenges you've seen in that and
1: challenges. We're looking at, uh, especially along the tech recruitment arena, a talent shortage, something really affecting a lot of industries. I, I do a lot of work around the tech businesses, but it's across the board. So many industries are just not being able to find the right candidates at the moment. And a lot of that comes down to a couple of different factors. It's going to be Predominantly, the lack of immigration and skilled migration coming into our country at the moment is not helping. 35% of our hires in the tech industry each year come from offshore. And that's not meaning offshoring the jobs, it's meaning people who have come into our country and immigrated. And that's also got the knock on effect too with the gig economy. So that's another tough one we've had this year as well. You don't have the um, or the like backpackers, so the type of people who work in those smaller industries and picking up all of that smaller work, like with the bars and pubs and clubs and the contract work. So we're missing a lot of that as well. Um, and the big, big thing is being around the counter offer. That has been across the board in every industry as well. After going through a good year of everyone remaining stagnant, being happy to have a job if you weren't made redundant and no pay rises and nothing, and coming out of the gates in March this year, salaries have gone through the roof because we don't have options, and it's a real candidate-driven market at the moment.
0: Yeah, consistent with what we've been hearing as well, it's... um. Well, I Had a uh, previous guest on the show, but it's the first time in something like 15 or 20 years, or maybe even more, that we've had um, net negative migration. So 70,000 less people in the country yeah. than before the beginning of the year.
1: you look at some just of the years. figures as well, Dane. Um, the backpacker income and those temp workers that come into our country every year—they're down by 99.96 percent. So there goes all your fruit pickers, there goes all your waiters and waitresses and bartenders. It's really, really knocked us on our backsides and shown us where we lack as a country in what skilled areas as well. Mm. So if, An eye's wide open now to try and make some adjustments, especially around the tech arena. I, I think there need to be a bit more federal government uh, initiatives in trying to get a citizens and permanent residents to do these types of degrees or traineeships and boost our, uh, boost our own economy from within. Mm.
0: Certainly, certainly big challenges we're trying to overcome, and uh, yeah, sort of, uh, my uh, my heart goes out to all of those that are that are struggling through these times. So, uh, mm. right, we might keep moving. Um, so we've touched a little bit on on some of the things that, that uh, have been the challenges, Is can you share any uh, inspiring or innovative talent community stories that you've um, you've been, you know, exposed to in the last uh, last year perhaps?
1: Um, I think the big best- the big thing at the moment is uh, one that's really come up recently was the creative ad writing. And we saw the ad from Jono and Jono that we interviewed on our podcast this week where they took the Australian colloquialisms into their ad. And it was a great fun read um, and that definitely brought a lot of attention and focus on that. Uh, I spoken to a few TA people out there who have gone really creative with their ad writing as well and focusing on talking in the languages that the people they want to recruit for, a DevOps ad and speaking in code, basically, <laughs> um, to try and get that ad across to tr- attract some good candidates. But I think the main focus at the moment to get creative around it is going to be retention. And that's going to be looking at your internal mobility, looking at upping some of those salaries that have been lagging in the um, bonuses uh, and creative ways about internal mobility and utilising the IP and the skills within your own company. I think people have to really turn within at the moment. When there's not much out there in the market,
0: yeah, sort of consistent with um, with I guess the the issues that we face. We've got a lack of talent coming into the country. We've got a l- lack of talent coming mm, into businesses. Absolutely. Everyone needs to keep looking more internal, so internal of the country mm-hmm. and internal of the business as well.
2: And, and I think it yeah. feeds up. I think it feeds up to like you know, Lauren spoke about the fruit pickers and the hospo. Those people who are in country who are working those roles and now getting headhunted to step up into other roles. So everything just feeds up and we're but we're not having haven't got enough coming through the funnel. And I know we shouldn't be talking about people like that, but enough people coming through to to drive the economy.
1: Yeah. Well Craig and I were having a discussion this morning actually about the hardest roles for us to fill at the moment are the lower level roles because we've got no no overflow and no turnover of new people coming through to fill those low-level roles. And those lower-level people are ready to step up into their next Mm -hmm. bigger roles. So they are the harder ones to fill, I'm finding.
2: Yeah. The the lower level, particularly in tech, are generally Mm -hmm. driven by graduates from, um, you know, from courses, which are usually driven again by uh, international students. So you just see that it just... Stops and it knock speeds, on effect.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm, absolutely.
0: Well, I think uh, the next question I thought that, that's very relevant to that is, um, given all of these challenges that have been thrown on our TA teams uh, through the pandemic, and, and we've seen lots of amazing uh, success stories of innovative solutions and really driving change in the business. Sort of given, given TA teams more of a platform. Um, has that earned them a seat at the decision-making table, and, and why is that?
2: Mm. Well, that's a really interesting one, Dane. The, the when when the pandemic first hit, um, we found that internal teams were were just sliced; they were cut right mm. through, and that you know that eventually um, companies were working with half or maybe even a third of their talent team, and they were seen as dispensable. I guess as we've come out of it, not only have these Um, companies hired in their talent teams at maybe a quicker rate and grown even more. But the scope and the responsibility of talent acquisition has increased. Lauren already spoke about internal mobility and how important that is. And that was something that really sat at the feet of HR prior to the pandemic in most businesses. But internal mobility, I said the ability to identify people who are already in your business for their next opportunity. This is something that as recruiters, we have an innate ability in being able to do, right? You know, we're recruiters. So that doesn't necessarily just mean external. What about looking at our internal um, employee, you know, group and say, well, who's right for the roles that we have? So and that by default then pushes it into engagement, retention, because if you're looking after your internal mobility, you're getting people who work in your business to engage because you're offering them opportunity and you're improving your retention. So that's one of the areas that they've, Um, talent acquisition have picked up. And and one of the reasons is because with the pandemic and coming out of it, HR have also had their own increased uh, responsibilities in developing Mm. policy, uh, working from home, uh, vaccination policy or, or living with COVID, you know, moving forward. There's so many things that HR have had to do that talent acquisition have got the opportunity now to take a hold of things that prior weren't in their remit so you know not only the internal mobility um, but the talent engagement sometimes learning and development that some of that's fitting into mm. talent acquisition as well so it's really interesting so in terms of having a seat at the table um, we we not only I think have we earned it but it's almost as an industry we're demanding it or as a function and and because we're becoming more strategic you know mm. talent acquisition mm-hmm. in its very word is about acquiring. Grabbing things, you know. Now we've really become a talent engagement function where it's all of business, and and at the same time you need to be strategic. You know, Lauren again has already spoken about the difficulty in finding talent at the moment. You know, we've had this massive drain, or and we've had this levels of um of candidate demand at at, at levels that they haven't been at for years and years and years. So yes, we're acquiring, but how are we engaging? And now we're being more strategic about it. So you know, having a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. It is going to be the norm, um, and if you don't have it, if you're watching this and you don't have a seat at the table, or or an ability to have people to influence up the line, then put your hand up, start jumping up and down on your soapbox because, as a function, we've never ever had the amount of power that we have right mm. now. So yeah. and that, and, and again, you know, Lauren, you and I were talking about this this morning. It's a it's a window, right? Everything we do is is cyclic in in talent. So at the moment. The power is with the candidate. There's supply and demand, Say a huge amount of demand and a very, very low level of supply in the candidate arena. That will shift. When borders reopen up, some other um, political or socioeconomic factors will come in and change the dynamics we're in at the moment and and things will change. But right now uh, is the time as a function to get your power internally. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and I guess that that power comes from the value that the, the TA teams are delivering. I think we've certainly seen that. Yeah. Um, from all of uh, all of our customers that we're working with, as you say at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of the teams were reduced in size. Uh, we even see the stats in in our platform: the number of recruiters um, and the number of vacancies that they're they're trying to fill. Right, they they're um they're typically trying to do more with less in their team sizes. They're trying to rebuild their teams and i guess um struggling with the same challenges that everyone else has got which is well you know in the candidate shop market including in ta um because of that mm. sort of demand that's now just feverish um is certainly making it, it more difficult for them to to be able to achieve and i guess they're now delivering on so many of the businesses priorities that as you say it's that opportunity that they can Stand up and say, "Hey, look at look at what we're doing for this business, and and how fundamentally important we are." And as a result, make sure that they're um, continuing to have that opportunity.
2: Yeah. Well, both. Yeah, both no, I Lauren... think. I... Go on. Okay, so both Lauren and I, outside of Tarpod, have um, businesses that support you know um, talent functions, you know, in in third party re- recruitment relationships, and my business, uh, Rextra. I had you know probably. You know, maybe about a year, year and a half ago, around about just under a hundred recruiters who work within our community. And that's dropped off dramatically this year because of the opportunity for recruiters. There are just no recruiters um out in the market at the moment who are really looking for work. That I shouldn't say that, they're probably one or two, but I'm saying the good ones. So <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't say that either, but, You know, it's it's a matter of that there's there's I have so to put up work. with this shit on a daily basis. <laughs> so so much work for recruiters out there that it's you know it's and so like I'm talking about that power piece. You should be using it to your advantage and just going in and saying, right, you didn't haven't listened to me for ten years in in how you're developing strategy around people in your business. Listen to us now. We've you know we're at the cold face. Mm. We know what's going on. Um, we we're using the tech on a daily basis. We know what tech works. We know what tech we're lacking. We know what parts of the process aren't working. Listen to us and we'll help you mm. work it out.
1: Yeah, TA is no longer, and it hasn't been for quite some time, a transactional department. And I think coming out of COVID when the knee-jerk reaction, as Craig mentioned, was to get rid of your TA team because you're not hiring, uh, they, they're realising now that the strategic value of a good TA team who can effectively help you with realising that you've already got, acquired the talent you don't need to acquire anymore and to show you those roads and those steps to do that, is um, it's invaluable. It's absolutely invaluable, and you can't let those people go. If you've got a great TA team, you hold on to them absolutely. for sure. All right, well,
0: maybe uh, last question from me uh, What lies ahead? What are the predictions for the, uh,
1: the crystal ball? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, my crystal ball, um, I think it's broken because COVID, it caught COVID. So it's very, very difficult to sort of predict what's going to happen because every time I predict something, everything just changes. It just is gone. So I think the big one for me, and this is going to be a debate over the next six or eight months, is the great vaccination debate. Uh, How are HR going to handle this and push that out to TA? When in the hiring process, and obviously push that out to um, their companies. That's going to be the big thing because some industries are going to require a mandatory vaccination to operate when we start looking at childcare, healthcare, um, those people who have got travel industry and all of those types of things and yet there are going to be other industries as well that are going to be people facing that are going to make these requirements and it's going to be interesting waters to navigate as um, I put out a poll on LinkedIn last Friday how to tackle the mandatory vaccination that people are beginning to talk about in some companies if it becomes a company policy. And it's been extremely interesting reading the comments coming through, nearly a hundred comments now. And um, that's not all about people from the TA industry. It's all people in my network across different areas of technology. And the opinions are quite wide and varied. Um, is it an infringement of our personal rights? Who knows? At the moment, the um, mm. great vax debate is my is my hot topic for the next six months.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, think it's uh, as you say, lots of different different uh, positions, and um, it, it'll it'll play mm. out as it does. But uh, yeah, I've certainly seen it's been in the, in the media a lot with. Um, um, businesses the likes of Qantas, where obviously they've had a very strong position from day yeah. one where they've said it is going to be a requirement, including not just for staff but even for passengers, so they've made a business decision Absolutely. Even to even their customers, right? So, yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely a, a topic that I think is going to see some fairly uh, strong well, we
1: tackled Yeah, we tackled the topic a few months ago on the podcast um, as we were leading into it to see where... Some of the waters lie, but now it's actually going global, where people are talking about it within their boardrooms. Now they're making, they're Mm. talking about making it policy, and I think a revisit on that particular topic is going to be huge because where how far does a company go Mm. when it's somebody's own personal body?
0: Yeah, yeah, lines are certainly uh, difficult ones, and uh, Mm. that will be a, a big item for HR to navigate. Yeah, yeah I, massive
2: massive item. Uh, yeah, I think from my side, there's a couple of things. Firstly, I'd I'll, I'll echo what Lauren says, is whatever we predict, we're going to get wrong because it's the nature of not only coming out of the pandemic, but we're in a people Bloody business. Bloody COVID. we in a people business, right? Who we're dealing with aren't, aren't screws or, or things you can rely on implicitly. They're, you know, Every single one of them has got their own thoughts. So what we think today is going to be totally different in six months' time. But I think there's two, two things that... I think there'll be a increased and in continual focus on. The first one is uh, the development of tech, right? So we're seeing mm. with the pandemic that probably tech has fast forwarded five to ten years in development and, and integration into companies because they've had to. you know everyone's had to move their workforces uh, remotely they've had to do everything like onboarding, you know, recruiting, all sorts of things remotely and, you know, the video interviewing, all those sorts of things. Some of the stuff that um, the automation that some of the, the ATSs, you know, including PageUp have have brought out, have just really, really gone ahead in leaps and bounds compared to um, probably the way they were tracking in the lead-up to the pandemic. So that's one thing. And that will continue to happen. You know, like recruiters will continue to automate parts of the function that can be automated and focus on the human element. Um, you know, AI functionality that we've been talking about for ages, once they can completely come up with stuff that removes bias properly, um, that's going to take on, you know, even more and more and more. And then also the, the other thing that I really think, and again, it's something we've discussed recently, and it's very prevalent in both the states and into Europe, and, and it's going to be more and more prevalent in Australia, and it's caused again by the pandemic, is the great resignation. So people are leaving jobs at the moment with nothing to go to because of two things. One, how the pandemic has affected them and and what they've seen is important in their lives. And saying, you know, stuff it. Having a, a salary or a wage come in every week is not the most important thing. The most important thing is my mental health. So I'm just going to quit if I'm at a place I don't like and something Mm. will come along. That's one reason. And the second reason is the opportunity out there. So this great resignation is really happening. So, again, it puts more impetus on companies to look at retention. What are you doing to engage your existing staff and keeping them in your business? That's the key to winning the, the battle for talent, not necessarily the acquisition. It's the engagement and retention.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, Mm -hmm. important note to to, uh, end on there. That's about all we've got time for today. But your point around mental health, I believe it is Are You Okay Day. So please make sure to reach out to anyone you know who appears to not be themselves um, and uh, ask them, uh, are they okay? And I think there's lots of of good um, content that can help you the best way to go about those conversations. Um, so that is all we've got time for, but I really want to thank both Craig and Lauren for coming on the show today. Um, if you would like to listen to their TAR podcast, uh, we'll pop a link, link in the comments for you to um, see that uh, and easily get access. Um, also, a reminder, the um, ITAs, com is where you can check that out. Um, Feb, 20, Feb 24th next year, face-to-face, super exciting opportunity to um, celebrate all of those amazing things that our our uh, internal talent teams have achieved. um, Massive.
1: I cannot um, wait for the event, actually. My dresses are hanging on the wall here in my office uh, to remind me not to snack.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Another important uh, service announcement during during the pandemic, no doubt. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Don't snack. <laughs> we will come out of this. You will have to fit into a dress for black ties. Yeah. Don't snack. Or, or <laughs> responsibly. people will see you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wonderful.
0: Well, thank you again. And, um, yeah, it's been wonderful having you on the show. And Thanks we'll, for we'll having us Dave. audience next time.
1: Thanks, Dave. Yeah. See, see you later, bye. everyone. Bye. Bye
0: now.